Go ahead. All righty. Bickety bam, as it were. Bickety bam. A great man once said. Welcome back. A great, <laughs> a great man. Welcome back to Midlife Crisis. I'm Jamie. That's Trevor. Trevor. We are on our fifth episode and the second go around in our double shot holiday bonus extravaganza where we're not really giving you anything extra as we kind of touched on in the first part of our double shot holiday extravaganza. We took a few weeks off to hang with the families and do family holiday related things. Um, and now we're just trying to kind of make up for the fact that we didn't do a goddamn thing for you people. Those of you that are listening and some of you are listening and we appreciate that. But you know, for us to have not, uh, done anything for two weeks now at least i feel and trevor told me no we could just do one nobody nobody cares and i said no 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 we gotta we gotta back this up we gotta go double shot holiday extravaganza that's where we're at this is part two where we recap the year that was 2020 what some people maybe a great man not the same great man that said bickety bam but a different great man might refer to this as the greatest year in human existence. Who would say that? I, I don't know the guy. I'm oh. saying he might say that. There might be a great man that would say that. Um, I can't speculate as to who he is, but nonetheless, it's over. It's fucking over. It's 2021 now. That year, well, we can diagnose the year after we've discussed the year. So when it comes to 2022... You know, and I think our second episode was already vastly dug dug into the topic of the pandemic. But some of the things, of course, you know, just to touch base on, of course, obviously, we had a pandemic in 2020. We're still in the pandemic in 2021. However, this year, I've been assured, is going to be much better than the last year. So we look into some of the highlights of 2020, things with the pandemic. Once it was here, once it was discovered and we knew it was making the rounds, businesses shut down. The whole country kind of shut down. How crazy. The whole freaking world shut down. It was so weird. Everybody's walking around wearing masks. We used to make fun of everybody walking around in Beijing because they were wearing masks all the time. We're like, what the hell for? Now we're all wearing masks. It's absolutely crazy. Um, I don't mind the masks. Do you mind the masks? No, and that goes part uh, – I'll touch back on this whole mask thing toward the end of this conversation, but um, no, I don't mind the mask. It's an inconvenience for the benefit of everybody else and yourself. I mean, what's the fucking problem? Does it does it interfere with your civil liberties? This is exactly where I was going to rant later on, but <laughs> – well, in that case, I'll 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 let you go then. Um, you know, we just we got to make sure to touch base on masks. We have to. Um, you know the. I can it, rant right now. I mean, <laughs> you know what? I right, find fuck it. Go ahead. So did did masks? Uh, you know, invade your civil liberties, Trevor? It would actually be something more along the lines of what I learned in 2020. Um, and I learned that people are assholes. Like the majority of people out there are assholes. <laughs> Yes, if I if I had to pinpoint a, a general a general thought process around what I learned this year was yeah there yeah and I, honestly I'm I'm okay with it the fact I, I mean I I knew people were assholes I'm an asshole in a lot of ways I, you're an asshole in a lot of ways too but we're we're assholes in endearing ways we're fun assholes um, but yeah they 
a lot of people really, whether they were trying to or not, really made themselves blatantly obvious as to what, what and who they are. And quite frankly, I liked that about the year. It was really nice watching people give the whole, yep, I'm not wearing a mask speech and list all their just insane reasons. Edition, okay, I, I, I can't be mad at you there. But everybody else who just, you know, this is, it's not a law. It's not the, you know, just, it's just every bullshit response. I have a medical the, exemption. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, even with the medical exemptions, I think you can kind of tell who was full of shit on that one. I mean, these are probably the same assholes that are driving around with a handicap sticker or plate, and they're driving an F-350. Or they smoke 16 packs of cigarettes a week. <laughs> so they're handicapped. And they, they can't breathe to, anyway. They need a running start to get into their enormous truck when maybe a sedan would be more feasible to their alleged handicap. Not I don't these know what fat handicap. bastards. You seen it? Yeah. Hey, listen, I don't, I don't know what the hell a handicap sticker costs, but you know, I'm not springing for one just so I can you know, not walk more than 15 feet to get into a Dollar Tree. But that's just me. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, the civil liberties people were crazy. On the flip side of that, civil liberties people because i know what they wouldn't jive with obviously uh earlier in the year there were some mass gatherings uh in the late spring early summer regarding a movement what were your thoughts on the black lives matter movement if we're going to talk about that i mean it's a good it's a good thing that people want to recognize it and my thoughts um yeah, that's a complicated issue, really. I mean, I, I, I agree with all the, you know, the, the stuff that we're talking about with, you know, civil rights that, you know, should, should have been here and are, are afforded to everybody. I don't know that it was used, you know, it was being used as a vehicle for another means. It wasn't just, just this Black Lives Matter things. It was more... You know, to get a different point across, in my opinion. Okay, um, fair enough. I, I, I thought with what, what what amazes me in 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 the age of the digital media and social media, where you know you can you can get a story to the world if it has enough groundswell and traction, you know, in in minutes almost. You know, these you know, the the big stories of of the modern era. You know, with with the technology we have at our fingertips, everything moves so fast that you, you know it's it, it's amazing to see everybody's gut reaction, and then more information seems to come out. And I I wish there was a way that you could get the whole story, but you you don't in a lot of cases. And so many people are just what 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 I what I learned from the Black Lives Matter movement this year, especially um, was once like. I, People get dug in on their opinion, and a lot of them don't waver. There's no, you know, I, th I like for, somehow we we got out of the whole realm of conversation. Yeah, it's really it's it's fuck you. This is what happened. That's where I'm at. I'm not moving. And the person across the aisle from them says exactly the same thing. Now, obviously, there are exceptions to the rule, but but the vast majority of you know, their side, our side, whatever side you were on in this, nobody nobody wants to budge 
on their their hard line that they've drawn. You know, it was in in some in some of the the shootings casings. You know, the cases there were. You know, the the police were re- returning fire, and it's you don't find that out until two months down the road. So you know, when 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 that when that point comes out, I go, all right, you know, you know, maybe you know, maybe that was justified. Then I st- I would still need even more information, but it 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 gets it gets me at least to go. Oh, maybe that's not so clear cut. You know, maybe maybe my opinion was wrong. Maybe you know, maybe it's maybe it's not. I don't know. But as as the information comes out, nobody seems to budge on it. That's the weird thing to me. That and no, that there's no so contemplation hard. after somebody else's counterpoint. It's just like no, like like you said before, no, fuck you, you're wrong. Yeah, and it was it was really really weird to see that as as information in some some of these cases. Some of these cases are pretty cut and dry. You know, you know, what you see is what you get here. And it's, you know, there's there's excessive force. And I think I, I think one of, one of the biggest issues that I have with is is a lot of the verbiage coming from some of the sides where you have the, the, the I, I think the defunding of the police thing was just horrible messaging. Um, I, I, I think I get what they mean by that. I just wish they would choose a different word. Um, it's pretty then, clear then, then what defund the police means. And then when they say things like, well, we don't mean defund the police. We mean take some money away from the police and train them better. It's not yeah. it's it's not clear cut. And people see that and they're like, not everybody in this country is but, going to read between the lines. But but when you're but but the the people that are opposed to a defund the police mentality, I think they they need to be I, I when, when you go to talk to them because they are so reluctant to budge on their position which you know is is of course the polar opposite of the defund the police movement i think that the verbiage of defund the police because people are so easily dare i say triggered by you know a a, a catchword or a phrase you know it's it's the the, the people who, the people who who had to oppose the defund the police movement well that was easy all they had to do was say you don't want police and their their people their base whoever the people, the people that are watching them and looking at them for leadership, they go, "Yeah, oh shit, that's right." Now you can't not have police. They can't do that. That's ridiculous. And they're done listening. They're not going to take any additional commentary or suggestions because now they've been told by their people, who know damn well it doesn't mean take all the money and take all the police away. They know that's not what it means. But their their representatives, their voices, the people that they look to for leadership, they've. Because they have to spin and flip and twist and turn every little slogan. I hate the goddamn slogans. Stop with the slogans. Talk about your point. It doesn't need to fit on a goddamn T-shirt for you to get a message across. The message can be long-winded. You have to explain what you mean to people. That is another thing that nobody does. Everybody fixates on a five-word slogan or three-word. Sorry, I can count. I promise. And well, it just. Let me- let me ask you this: the message get lost. What about the message of "I can't breathe" on T-shirts? I mean, that's a pretty profound thing to say, given what happened to George Floyd, right? So, in that case, yes, I get it. All right, like I said, I'm not against the messaging. The problem is, it, 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 the, the whole "I can't." I mean, that's that's clear cut. We know what that was. He was saying that leading up to his death. Yes, that I, to me, completely excessive. I watched as much of the video footage as I can to make my determination there. And that is when you have five trained officers around a man's neck should not be crushed. There's like there. And I, I sat and I watched pundit after pundit and 
you know, expert after expert talk about why that might have been George Floyd's fault. And that's not something I could get behind. I, it was, yes, that, that man, that man should not be dead. He just should not be dead. A lot of the majority of these people, hell Christ, none of them should be dead. The way that that one in particular was handled to me was that was clearly just excessive and speaks to the definitely the training of these officers. There were five officers there. Any one of them should have stopped him. The man should have been in a car when he was cuffed. He should be in the backseat of a car or sitting on a curb. I don't know what what the miscue was or where they went wrong in their training that they couldn't have him handcuffed in the back of a car. Every time I've ever seen somebody handcuffed, they are pretty much going to the back of the car. It just yeah, odd thing, to me that, that was you're, next. You're right. You're, no, you're right. I agree with you. And the, the, the guy should still be alive. Absolutely. hundred um, percent. But there's, I think there's other parts of the story still that get, that they get missing. I don't know the whole story, but you know, I, what do you say to the people who say, you know, okay, he has a past criminal record of violence. Um, you know, he was a drug addict. You know, they, they had to use excessive force to hold this guy down. He was a big fella. I'm not saying that it was right. But what do you say to those people that, that have that opinion? Is it, you know, because we it's easy for us to sit here and say they shouldn't have done that or this shouldn't have been done. But when you're put in a position like that, I don't know. It's hard to say. So here's the guy died, and I'm not saying that's that he, it was warranted. I'm so, just saying that there are I mean, yeah, so I, circumstances that maybe we don't get to experience. So, no, I do not know thing one about being a cop. Clearly not a cop. Never been in any sort of cop-like situation. Have no idea. Okay, I, as a bartender, had to restrain two people, and I did a horrible job at it. So there. Like, it's... It, it it just it seems to me that you know when 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 you when you look at other aspects of you know policing and, be, and being being a police officer, you know they 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 seem to be so well versed in all of these different aspects of being a policeman. You know the investigating the just just the logic that plays into it. You know chasing a lead, whatever. You know proper gun safety, you know, proper vehicle maneuvering, just, just, you know, all this, all this additional equipment they have in specialty situations, you know, you know, knocking down a door or, you know, just, just, you know, forensics, whatever, all the stuff that they get all this extensive training in, they, and, and, and the majority of them, in my experience, when I've spoken to policemen, you know, for w whether, whether they were, you know, trying to bust me for underage drinking, or if I was reporting a crime, I've been on many ends of conversations with police, uh, in, in the years. And they, they come off as this all knowing, you know, like, don't, you know, how dare you question anything I have to say. And my, my issue there is they think they know everything. They think they're infallible and they're not. I'm sure some, hey, listen, maybe some of them never make a miscue, all right? You're not going to convince me that the majority of the police in this world or this country don't ever do something wrong. Not morally wrong, just, you know, not by the book even. But then, yes, you have the morally wrong ones. And they're, of course, the ones that need to be addressed, you know? The guys who just show up to work every day, protect people, clock out, go home, don't take any baggage home because all they did was uphold the law. Yes, there are a ton of those cops. I would like to believe that that is clearly 
the majority of the policemen. But it's just the the majority of the police that I, men that I've talked to, even the ones who do just do their job, they seem to have this air of just, you know, my, my shit don't stink. I can do no wrong. That is and, the biggest and, 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 thing and, and that I've gotten to. And yeah, and 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 I have a huge problem with that because, quite frankly, nobody should have that mentality about themselves. But no, because you're there to protect us. <laughs> that's true. That's absolutely true. You know, and it's you know you know they're they're in you know and when and even when the people come back, you know, with the you know yes, he's he's a large man. He had to be restrained, and you know they were they had to protect themselves. I I understand that they should be able to do it in a way that that. That that a George Floyd or whoever gets taken to the station, you know, they read them rights, and then there's a due process that follows. Sure. All right, no, of course. nobody, it's nobody's just, saying that he deserved to die because you know he was being arrested. I mean, that's not. <coughs> it's a fucked up situation yeah, for but, you and I to speak about as two white middle class people. <laughs> Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, all of our credibility shot. Um, so you know, that was that was a mild topic, but yes, you, you know, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they'll whoever's whoever's working on that whole issue of, you know, making sure that that police you know act responsibly and do the right thing, and you know, this shit just stops happening. Shouldn't happen to anybody. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully that gets. You know, at least at least we see the steps of it being rectified. I know it's not an overnight fix. It's been an issue for decades upon decades, and hopefully we'll move in the right direction. Now, what were now that we've you know talked about clearly a low point of the year because that, that was some you know tumultuous times. What would you say were just kind of kind of some some of, some of the highlights? What were some things you were looking forward to? What were some things that you thought you were going to do? And didn't get to do anything along those lines for you. I mean, personally, it was a it was a year of um, just getting to kind of re reevaluate how things are in life, right? I and mean, what you're normally doing and what you're used to, you kind of have to step outside that and do different things. I mean, personally, not just within the the world, but personally, you know, I got to take the kids to a drive-in movie. I mean, there's no there's none of those around anymore, you know. So that was really a big thing that. You know, I really enjoyed doing as a kid that um, that kind of went away. And there are a few few driving movie theaters up in like uh, Allentown area and Lehigh Valley. Um, so we were able to go sit in the back of the truck and watch a movie outside on a big TV. It was it was great. So that was a big did thing that to, I enjoyed. Did you go to Becky's? I did go to Becky's. That was yeah, Becky Becky's. Uh, now. It's a hell of a drive-through. No, 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 I went there. I think it was one of one of one of one of me and the wife's like first dates. I think we went and saw. That was it. Transformers, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> uh, that's a quite quite the double feature. I, I'm, I don't care what you saw; it's nowhere near as good as that one. Well, I took my kids to see From Dust Till Dawn, so I don't know. What, nice. I'm, I'm joking. Do joking. They appreciate some of them. It was a complete um, <laughs> The only reason to watch that movie anymore, my God, that and I mean Quentin Tarantino's odd foot fetish is fully on display, but that's for another time. Weird, um, we we got so concerts all right me me and you enjoy a good concert hmm. um last last con- last concert that i had gone to i think yeah yeah it was it was it was elo last year yep was that the last one you were at it was interesting interesting um still easily in my top five it was and not just because we were hammered drunk singing every single word 
right back at Jeff Lynn's face, but it was just it was just an amazing show. They had put on a hell of a show. I was really, really impressed by them. Um, I was all set. I wasn't going to do any concerts this year. There's a band that I, I found based on I was listening to Muzak in a bank one day. And I heard this really catchy song, so I like shazammed or you know whatever the kaboom, whatever the hell you do to get your you know hey what song is this? And I put it on, and it was a band called Tennis. All right, just Tennis. That's it. And it's got they got a female singer. They got this guy who writes songs, and it turns out they're married. I like did a little bit of research. I wound up downloading one of their albums. This band became like one of my like favorite bands. They're just it's just good music. They got a ton of songs. They've been around for a couple years. They get on a boat. When they go to record an album, they go sailing. They come back and record an album about their trip. It's weird. A lot of, a lot of like nautical themes and all that. But they live in a album, so it's like totally weird. But but they, they're so they're you know they're popular enough to be signed, but they're not big enough that you like you know like they hit all like the the hot spot concert joints. So they go you know like they'll, they'll do like Burlington, Vermont, Kenosha. Wisconsin or whatever, like they go, you know, all these like strange cities. They, they, you know, they don't hit Philly or anything. You know, like New York's about the best you could do because there's somebody in New York that'll listen to anything. But they were coming to Philly for like the first time I think ever, and I was psyched and I was going to go. And then the fucking pandemic cut me out of the goddamn concert. Yeah, but apparently they're rescheduled for this spring, so I'm excited again. But like that was that was. That was kind of the only thing that I felt was really taken from me this year was right. I really wanted to go to that concert. And we were close, too. It was at like the end of April. And when they started kind of like toying with the notion of shutting down, like it was, I was still holding out hope, you know, and they didn't cancel until like two days before. I was like, God damn it. But right. keeping my ticket doing that. Um, were you were you inundated with a lot of, you know, because we, we, we know musicians were you inundated with a lot of these, hey, come watch my stream show things this year? Did you get that? Yeah, there were a few. I mean, obviously, we share a pretty close friend who who shares his music pretty freely with us on um, on our text string that we have. And um, he, was, he was the one that was most adamant out there. But there was um, a couple of others that were just – you know, trying to do something different and trying to make it useful and trying to make yeah. use of what, you know, what the what time they had and give give something to giving the, something yeah. to people yeah. to give them get entertained. And I don't, you know, most of the people, none of the people that I watched it were making any money. It was just to get out there and do it and to entertain people. Yeah. It, which I, I liked, I liked the general theme of that, which was, you know, nobody's doing anything right now. Let me entertain you. I definitely enjoyed that. There were a number of people, you know, full full bands to, you know, people in bands doing their own solo things. It was it was nice. Yeah, our our friend started up like a new project and did a bunch of remote recording. Like that was neat. You know, all for the sake of providing entertainment. Um, I it was early on. A lot of them were kind of fumbling through because they weren't so tech savvy. But after a while, they were okay to watch. And that you know, I, f- I found most of them quite enjoyable. The the one that I that I found the most enjoyable uh, that I saw all year was the the day that Post Malone put on a dress and right. got high and sang a bunch of Nirvana songs with Travis Barker and some little Asian kid who was also wearing a dress. So they were having fun. That was a pretty good one, but you know, you know, yeah, mo- yeah, most of them. Yeah, after after a while, I mean, we, we there was a lot of fads this year with the quarantine. You know, how many how many times could you take a walk? You could, 
you know, turn your window into a stained glass, whatever. But, you know, after after a while, it kind of ran its course. But there, there was a good little stretch there where, yeah, I was clicking into every single one that I could. And a lot of them were friends of ours. So, you know, kind of kind of felt obligated. But it was it was good of them to take the time to uh, actually do that. I, I At least I thought anyway. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. It was it was great that people would, uh, you know, just they're obviously not they're not doing anything. So it's nice for them to sit and um, and do something and put it out there and get their name out there and for people to get be entertained by it. It was just a it was a good time for that. You know, it's the 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 year of the Zoom meeting, so it was nice to see everybody uh, make use of the technology. Yeah, the Zoom meetings were uh, they, they they were they were plentiful. I'm pretty sure my laptop died because of Zoom meetings. And, uh, you know, tenfold, there was just, there was like 40 a day going on in this house. I never really had any, I think we, we had a couple early on group, group of friends of ours who, who tried them a few times, but I think the text thread wound up working a little bit better for us. We're all hideous to look at. So yeah, not all- to mention everybody was drunk and nobody could like look into the camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody was focusing. It was just, yeah, you know, we were all getting screenshots of each other's fireplaces. It was nice. I don't even own a fireplace. That's what are you drinking? Yeah, right. yeah. shot. Stupid 90 minute IPA ball sack sweat. It was I know who you're talking about. That's right. <laughs> Dickheads. Um, outside of, you know, so, I mean, you know, there's, there's probably, you know, too many huge things that people were doing to get in. But, you know, the one, the one thing I think that was kind of universal, and I'm sure they saw an uptick in subscriptions and such, were uh, the streaming services. Um, now, you know, it, it, there's you know thousands of hours logged i'm sure between the two of us because there was a there was a good chunk of time during this pandemic where nobody had anything to do so it was well once homeschooling's done go sit on your ass and watch a show so give me two shows that you jumped into this year strictly because well you got nothing else going on and what did you think of them and what would you rec two shows that you would recommend let's go with that I think the, the the biggest one that I was in Mandalorian. I really had no desire to watch it. I just kind of started watching it and then continued on with it. Um, and I did. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was very good. They did a really good job. And it came. It picked up throughout the um, the course of the time that um, the seasons went on. So it was a good binge watch for me because I didn't really uh, sit and watch it as they came out. Um, another one. Hmm. You do you do one next because I have to think here. So, kind of kind of building on the the Mandalorian thing now. As I, I don't know if we ever touch base on it here on this podcast, but people who know us, me especially, will know hands down. I was I was among the 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 early ones to come out of the Star Wars nerd shell. I've, it's it's always been a part of me ever ever back since you know since I was a kid. Grew up watching them. Made my older brother when he babysat me. We would watch Return of the Jedi three times if that's how long my parents were away, and he had to do it. He <laughs> he, he had to take a break from watching all those movies because I would just make him keep rewatching them and rewatching them because I was literally obsessed with them. So when I, yeah, when the Mandalorian came out, it was you know huge huge for me. It's 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 hard to explain to people who don't love Star Wars that you know it literally like you you like you 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 have a feeling of sheer happiness. You just do. Um, when when you hear about a new project, and especially when that project turns out to be phenomenal, which The Mandalorian is. Um, but to build off of that, when when the first season ended and they showed the the dark saber thing, I 
had to ask a friend, a friend of ours, another guy who's a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole. As big of a nerd as I am, I don't, you know, I, I, I am a nerd to a point. I don't go full swing nerd, but a couple friends of ours do. So I asked him, you know, just brief history. What was it? Because I didn't know what the hell it was because it wasn't part of the movies. And that led me to going to actually both of the animated series for Star Wars. So the Clone Wars and Rebels, because it gave us a lot more background on the Mandalorian, the, you know, the, the chain of command and the history and what the dark saber was. It just kind of dug deeper into the universe itself, which was nice. So I did go down and finish both of those series. And I'm happy I did because now our other friends who even watch the Mandalorian are pummeling me with questions about things that they would know if they watched the fucking cartoons. And once you get past the cartoon aspect of it, the storytelling is, in those shows is phenomenal and i have all the faith in the world that we are going to keep getting fantastic star wars content because the two people involved in the mandalorian show and the uh clone wars and rebel show the the storytelling between john favreau and dave filoni i think should lead to just endless projects of greatness as long as those two are to some degree in control of it that was my one what is your second one I was really surprised of um, was the the Queen's Gambit. I um, <laughs> it's one of those things where you you know when you're just ah, there's nothing to watch. I don't know what to watch. I'll try this. You watch the first episode and you're like, yeah, all right, I'll keep going. And it, it just gets really good. And so if I'm going to recommend something to somebody who would say, nah, that sounds really silly. A girl is going to play chess. I don't want to watch that. But it was really a great show it was produced well the acting was wonderful i thought you know the, the mom that played her stepmom was did you watch it did you see the queen's game no so that i got i got that one that one's on my list i'll, I'll tell you what i what i took in place of that um before, you know in, in just a moment but yeah that that's on my list and the uh the obviously because cobra kai is now back on netflix with the third season that's uh, the other thing so I'm, I'm looking queen's gambit cobra kai to kind of round out i'm hopefully going to be not streaming any more shows after that because i probably need to get a life at this They're point coming but, out with more every day so it's like I, you're it, never gonna get caught up <laughs> yeah i, I crossed 50 shows that uh, allegedly i should watch but i haven't um but yeah no i've have heard many good things about that it is on my list but i think i came to a crossroads where i i said to myself Okay, I need to watch something. Heard the Queen's Gambit's good. But then I went back to, and you and I have a big appreciation for time pieces and, or period pieces, rather, time pieces of watch. We love watches, but we love period pieces, and we love period pieces based in a little country called England. So I went with, and I'm almost done it. I think I'm midway through season four, and it's insanely good, uh, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I just saw they're coming back with the new season. It is coming back uh, nah, this year, I think. Okay, they, I, yeah, they can keep coming back. It's, it's, I, I don't know what the hell I was waiting for. Yeah, of all, Every, of all the shows out there, that's one of the. It's holy shit! It's amazing. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the yeah, the, the, the acting, the just the, the way, the way that these characters behave, and when you see where they start versus where they are at this point in in the series, it's just, it's just phenomenal. Phenomenal writing is just the, the way it's shot. Everything you know, I you know, they don't paint Birmingham, England to be 
a lovey-dovey place at all. It's it's metal and dark and it's gloomy. I I don't think they I don't think the sun has shown one time that they have shown you Birmingham, England. But fucking hell, I want to go live there. I just want to I want to go. I want to have a drink at the Garrison Pub, you know, and go smack somebody around and chuck them on a steamboat, kick them out on the canal. That's what I want. Brummy accent going. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, and I and I want to smack the shit out of Billy Kimber. That's what I want to do. I'm gonna whoop Billy Kimber's ass. Love that shit. Um, outside of the streaming, I was happy to say I did do a deep dive in music, '80s alternative. Been exploring a shit ton of bands. It's all just all sorts of just good That's shit just in there. The, the best, the best genre you could explore. It's right? so much fun. My God, I you know I, now we're now we're, we're 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 people who grew up in the '90s, and I love my '80s or my '90s alternative. But holy shit, man! Man, the 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 eighties might have actually had the greatest decade of music, from what I'm starting to find out. There is just, man, there is so many just good songs, and then you you get into the bands that do them, and you find out like, holy shit, they got even more good songs. It's been it's it's been a lot of I've spent a lot of spare time getting caught up on music that I never took the time to listen to before, and just every everything in the eighties alternative genre from the corny synth shit to you know like just I I was never a huge fan of the replacements digging everything that they've ever put out now i don't know what the hell i was waiting for to get involved with a lot of these bands but that's been another highlight for me any new music for you this year um no i mean i yeah not really i mean i've been listening to a lot of alternative new alternative stuff um young kids out there putting out some really good music Uh, some of it's not to my liking but there's some just there's some bands out there that are just putting out some you know some acid rock and some really good you know some good alternative music and the stuff that I just really like. And it's, I don't know, it's funny to say, but um, it's really interesting just to, to hear the progression of where this new music is coming from. And it's, there's a lot of talented people out there. There's a lot of fucking nitwits out there too. But hey, if you're finding the talent in one, that works. Now, last question regarding the year that was 2020. What did you learn? Other than, you know, we got some selfish pricks that don't like wearing masks running around here. What did you learn? One thing that you learned. I learned, you know, that um, you need to be a little more tolerant of people, I think. And I think you need to – I was never really an empathetic person. um, And I was really working on that this year to try to be a little more – have a little more empathy. (laughs) (laughs) My, my daily affirmation that hasn't gone well once, but yeah. Nah, you've made pretty good strides in it. Nah, you keep going. Nah, fuck them. You keep going. <laughs> All right. So people people need to be tolerant. Okay. I okay. So I can I could take your your lesson and flip it. I've learned who not to be tolerant of, and that would be not that I already wasn't, but just a step further. Our elected officials. Because the one thing that I learned this year is that the United States of America, the, a.k.a. the federal government here, they showed us they have more fucking money than they can even see the elected, for us to conceive. Individual this, accounts. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I'm talking I'm talking like 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 the country as a whole, I guess. Well, it works when they needed the printing money. 
Well, oh yeah, absolutely. And it's just, you know, when 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 the when the motivation hits them, they can pony up whatever the hell they want. Now, you know, with this second round of stimulus that we just got, it was a little underwhelming in some people's eyes and they're trying to shoot at a higher number, which if they're going to sit and tell me that they can't do it because the money's not there, I don't I no longer believe them. The money is there. They just lack the motivation to get it to the people. Um, that, and I think they realized once they did the stimulus, they went, wow, isn't that a form of socialism? And that scared the shit out of them. So I'm sure they hated that. But yeah, this, this year taught me that our government, especially our government and countries around the world, even though, uh, you know, it, it, it would, it would seem that our country could have done better in the, you know, helping out your fellow man or your fellow citizen, or, you know, just the taxpayer payers that pay your fucking salaries they could have done more but what they show me was they can always do something even though they can sit back and tell you that they can't that is what i learned this year well especially when the you know the government spending budget is about five trillion dollars yeah it's um it's 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 a big old mountain of cash and they just gotta send somebody up there with a little pickaxe and a bag and scoop that shit up but hopefully we won't be needing that in 2021 because uh you know as somebody said 2021 is going to be great because 2020 sucks so bad um get much worse well yeah i mean but i would say as a whole bad year or good year for you what do you think I think on a whole, personally, it was a mixed bag. I can't say it was either good or bad. I had a, a grandfather come down with cancer, and he couldn't see anybody because of the, the diagnosis. And then, um, but there was also good stuff that came out of it too. So I mean, it was a mixed bag. I, I'm not going to say it was wholly bad for me personally, um, and it wasn't wholly good for me personally. And I, it wasn't the worst year that I'll ever have. But I'm not really a pessimistic person. I mean, I find the good in most things. So. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, for for our neck of the woods here, we had—I mean, we 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 had a new baby. He was baby boy. That kind of that, you know, for lack of a better term, that kind of trumped everything this year. You know, no matter no matter what happened at the end of the day, well, at least after you know he was born, I had I had him. The you know we we, we, we a son. It was you know just it, it was awesome. It was honestly it was it was a great distraction from just all the horrible shit, you know, trying to be more optimistic myself, but that the, the arrival of uh junior there definitely made it uh, easier, I would say. And I think most would agree that the birth of a child is a wonderful thing. And that's what got me through 2020. Uh, hopefully every one of you also was able to get through 2020. And we thank you for getting through this recap of 2020, especially. And, uh, you know, just one more time. This was again our double shot holiday extravaganza, two for one special, buy one get one, whatever the hell you want to call it or don't call it. Just as long as you made it this far, suckers. We do thank you for listening. As always, this has been Midlife Crisis. I am Jamie. He's Trevor. Please keep coming back. We have more episodes coming weekly. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>